Well, hi again. My name is Lena Ebijamra. This is the Living with Power of Hope podcast. I'm your host and actually your co-host. I've got Diana, my sister here with me. Tell them hi, Diana. Hey, guys. So good to be back with you. If you have been tracking, this is our second episode in a series we're calling Soul Sisters, where we talk about faith, life, culture, and everything in between. Uh, I am so glad you landed here. Listen, if it's your first time here, welcome. If you've been here before, I hope you're sharing this with your friends, and I am so glad you're back. We're going to have an exciting episode today. Yeah, we sure are. This is a good topic. Well, we're going to talk about practical parenting in a post-truth world. Yeah. I I thought it was great to just hit this one up because, Diana, if anyone knows what they're talking about, it is you. And she's not an easy parent. No, I am a very strict parent, I suppose. Well, we we get to that. Let me. I thought this is Diana's got a really cool story. I want to brag about my sister for a minute, but she. You told me a little bit last week. By the way, if you're watching uh, or listening, uh, we meant to do the watching, but I'm going to tell you guys a secret. I no longer shower in the morning. I shower like right before I go to bed now. Lena, too much information. (laughs) Well, listen, I mean, the problem is these women who are in ministry who like record their videos, they're all made up. And I'm like, barely, like I barely finish seeing patients, barely get the exercise in, barely get the ministry work done. And it's like, Aiden, I can still got a shower. How am I going to put myself on video? We, we have to work no on that. No wonder I'm losing followers. <laughs> Glad we you're here. We have to do the Farrah Fawcett I got to do something. But anyway, until then, we want to hear Diana's story. So I, I just thought, listen, I haven't addressed a lot of parenting issues, though I believe the Bible speaks to all these issues. I don't think you have to be married to be able to find wisdom about marriage and parenting. If you don't have kids, you can still find biblical truth on it. But I think it's so much better when you have somebody who's been there, done that, and is still doing it. So I'm going to let Diana tell her story first in general, first um uh, sort of tell us what you have for kids. Why don't you tell us, start with that? So I have three sons. My oldest son is 19, and my second is 17, and my youngest is eight. That's right. <laughs> same husband, same family. I always say that. Um, but uh, yeah, so I have three sons, and I was uh, scared to death of having a son. I wanted daughters, but God knows us better than we know ourselves. I don't think, um, you know, he knew that I was probably suited to parent boys and I'm thinking because I of, am not an easy parent for but but, but 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 no but I think like and you imagine like another woman in the house you and me barely like the yeah, boys have to right. put up with us and I go to their house a lot a yes. lot and so I can't imagine putting one more female voice <laughs> yeah and again I think it's just again I think girls are very dramatic and I am kind of a not. more relate to the boys you know so it is what it so is so it is what it is yeah no you adjust that. anyway yes and so you I want have... to adopt a girl someday if anybody's yes, listening yes. and I would knows love to lead. adopt a little girl um yeah for sure yeah um and so but but let's tell them a little bit just to kind of speed up uh the story i want to kind of jump on that because i think it'll open up a lot of understanding so let, let me brag on my sister for a minute so diana decides on a whim well she'll tell you the side the spiritual side of it but she tells us one day when the kids are like in elementary school that she's going to homeschool our jaws were on the ground so long like it took us a, a week to like pick our jaws off the ground we're like you want a home stinking school like what is wrong with you we are not that family like we, i can't even explain that my dad almost did my dad have a fit what did he, were he, we all thought you lost your mind. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I guess the way I am, once my mind's made up, I don't remember that back. I mean, we were all like, sort of like, we were talking about her behind her back. Yes, like we were like perhaps. having coffee at my parents' 
you know, and we'd be like, wait, what's going so on with Diana? About me, yes. Yeah, worried. Like, is she going to be okay? What happened? You know what? <laughs> we, we were we're like, I wanted to do an intervention, but she went on. She said she was convicted. Like, you understand? Like, we were, my dad was a plastic surgeon. My mom was a pharmacist by training. She had stayed home. We lived in a very traditional home, but we were educated highly. I had an MD and an MBA. Diana was. Like Diana became a physical therapist, much to the dismay of my father who wanted her to be a doctor, right? And it's a miracle that you're not marred, but I'm the one in counseling and you're not. But it's the fact, it's a fact of life. And so, and so in essence, and she'll tell you in a minute why she decided to do that. We had gone through a couple of changes with Christians because I want you to talk about how you came to that decision. Right. But just to fast forward big picture, she homeschools until the two boys are in junior high school and freshman in high school. And at that point, she says she no longer wants to homeschool. Now, we had jumped on the homeschooling bus, like we were behind her. And, and we didn't understand it, but we worked through all the, they're going to be socially inept. How are they going to integrate with others? And she put them in band, and they excelled in band. So we were like, God saved them. They play an instrument. Now they're interacting with humans at the school. And so we were like, you know, always sort of relieved that things were working out for them. But then she changes courses. And I think this is important. I want you to make notes because when, when a Christian who says they're convicted about something then changes courses, like, like we kind of resisted that. Like we were like, well, how she changed? She just said she was convicted. Now she's going to the public school. And now this was 2000 and what, mid 15s. We were like, now she's putting them in a pit of hell. Now they're going to be like, you know, Satan's like, I don't know what we thought, but we were really worried about it. Mm -hmm. Long story short, things got worse for a second in that the week after she puts them in the public school, they, the oldest decides he doesn't want to be in band anymore, which was like the only thing that we, like we were like, they're so good at band. They've got an identity in band. They're going to be okay. And he like comes home and says, I don't want to be in band anymore. Now, I think my dad was not alive at that point. I don't remember. But yeah, he wasn't because he didn't live in the football era. And my dad was a diehard football fan. My mom was freaking out. My mom was like, what is happened? Now they're in public school. They used to be homeschooled. What hope do they have in this world? They're gonna go astray. They're gonna be smoking. And like, gee, every scenario. This is my mom. This is like you guys. If you think your family's intervening in your life, you have no idea what the Lebanese family can do. And so, but she would not say anything. But you don't have to say something to show that you agree or disagree. And don't worry, Diana's gonna talk after I shut up here in a second. But, but about three months into the journey of that, I don't want to be in band. One day he comes home and says, at some point he wants to play football. The guy is a junior in high school. And then his brother, who was in soccer, decides he wants to play football too. He, ben was so scrawny. And we're like, what? Then, okay, fine, you can kick the ball, like be a kicker. And like, we were so skeptical and they were so intent on it. And they started going to the weight room and fast forward a few months, summer, late summer comes and they start playing high school. And before mid-season, Micah, the oldest, got a scholarship at a D1 Ivy League school. Uh, why am I telling you this now? Two years go by, we lived through COVID. I want to give you a taste for where she is as a parent. In the meantime, I think, I don't know if your other son was born yet, but yes, he was at that point. Sam, everybody knows Sam. But long story, Ben eventually followed suit. He bulked up. He's an incredible athlete, incredible. And I thought for sure he'd get some D2 school. And instead, again, he is so dedicated and so passionate, and they both love the Lord. I, I, I don't want to say too much, except they are, they are the kind of guys that you want your girls to marry if you are in the Lord. And, and now Ben has a D1 scholarship also. One is an offensive lineman, one is a defensive lineman. They're both going to Cornell and they both love the Lord and they both are super smart and super dedicated, super hardworking. 
and then Sam, God help us. But now Sam is being homeschooled. And so now, now I want to introduce you to Diana to talk about parenting. Thank you for that, Lena. And really the parenting role has been the most humbling and the most challenging and the most rewarding part of all the hats that I wear and have been able to wear. And I would say to you parents, you've got to listen to God's promptings and really uh, focus on the heart of your children. Um, so what does that mean? Yeah, I'm gonna lean into that in a second. So my uh, kids had been in several private schools and I was always finding myself dissatisfied. In fact, my husband would just was frustrated, you know, couldn't understand February <laughs> would come and I was wanting to switch their schools. And it was just like something we got used to. And so it was kind of a joke in our family. And then when the last private school they were in closed abruptly, I was faced with a difficult decision. And at that time, I did not feel comfortable to put them in the public school. I really believed in making disciples of my children. And I had a bug in me, like a hunch, you know, this the tugging of the spirit about homeschooling. And one of my friends said, just try it for a year. And if you can do it more, um, do it. Um, you will never stop. But this podcast is not so much about homeschooling. The reason homeschooling was significant for me because of the many uh, hats I wore, it gave me the window of parenting that I needed to invest in my children. Mm. My kids understand and know I did not homeschool them so they could be the smartest kids. I wanted them to have a character that is pl pleasing to the Lord. This morning I was reading about our, um, ch our trials produce perseverance, which produces character, which produces hope. I believe that's Romans 5.3. And character is so important. And I wanted to raise godly men who knew and loved God and knew his word. My mom, who's a strong counselor, biblical counselor, uh, directed me towards books uh, that encourage the parenting to the heart. So teaching them how to be uh, good on the inside and not so much about making these perfectly exterior driven children. And when you focus on that, you end up having really messy kids and troublemaking kids. And I have had that in my children because you're really getting to the heart of the matters and teaching them the word of God in all that you're doing. And so for me, homeschooling forced me to be home with my kids and what all I knew to teach them was God's word. Now, Lena said something that I was good at scripture memory, and indeed I was, which came back to be super helpful as a parent because I spoke God's word over my kids all the time. In fact, to the point that annoyed them. But parents, grandparents, God's word is what's powerful. It's mm -hmm. not me. And I see that because looking now and, and watching, having the 10-year difference, I hear Sam's response as the youngest, and I remember Ben's, and I never thought Ben would be where he is, but the word of God does not return um, in vain. And so when I talk to other parents, I we've got to wash God's word over them, point them to the fear of God and, and teach them how to yield and submit to God, which starts with authority and understanding and loving the word of God. And so our homeschooling, we called it Excellence Academy, and they got a grade for character and a grade for academics. And it is a hokey name, though. Well, now it's the Three E Academy. <laughs> Sam needed an upgrade of the name, so it's Excellence, uh, Enthusiasm. He and, has a, an A in Enthusiasm and Effort. Effort, yes. Uh, well, not during school, he doesn't. <laughs> he does when he's with his. What is the leader. hardest thing about about homeschooling? Like now, looking at Sam, because you you really do say that a lot to me, like. 
Bringing up kids is hard. This is why parents aren't so doing it. So one thing people tell you a lot about homeschooling, and, and again, this podcast is not about homeschooling, but I want to hit on some points that people say to me that apply to parenting. They say to me, my kids would never listen to me huh. at, at, to homeschool. And that's a red flag, parents. They've got to listen to you because that's the authority structure God has put in place. And so I'm not saying homeschooling is for everybody. But I, my life was very busy, so when my kids were in school, I would just get the backpack, sort through papers. I wasn't parenting. I was just facilitating for the school. You were so, like an administrator. Exactly, and I could do that really well, but I wasn't with my children. So I, I needed to take that step to make sure I was impacting my kids. But this is um, super important that we are able to teach them to listen to authority. They got to listen to you, right? And so is it hard? Absolutely. And what homeschooling does is it taught me how to see my impatience my right. intolerance I've how do you changed. keep from killing them well you sometimes partially kill them <laughs> but then you somehow they still love you and you um but you learn you learn to you know is that's how it's a growing relationship for both of us now you said something about I changed my mind no my goal through it all and by the way with parenting, you can't have a set plan. Hmm. You gotta listen to the spirit. Every child is different. Every need is different. Every situation is different. So our situation had changed. And so I encourage you, one of the things is to be sensitive to those changes. So when we made the decision to switch it, cause we were in a moment where change was needed to help shape the kids' hearts in the next step of their life. But the biggest thing is we're living in a world where the children do not know God's word. In fact, at one point, I was shocked at the little knowledge that right. my kids had. And right. we had to go back to the drawing board. You know, Islam and Muslims teach their kids the Quran. And they know it. They memorize mm -hmm. it. And it, it's really sobering. So again, what was the key to parenting is teaching them to fear God, which is loving God and knowing his word and pouring that over them. And that is really the secret what, to what, getting to their hearts. How can you encourage a parent who, let's say single moms, who are listening, and it might agree with you, but like they can't, they don't have the luxury of doing that. They, they have to well, cook, get the bags ready, send them to school because they're surviving. What are ways that they can still do that in the context of this 100%, craziness? yeah. So the conversations in the car, the social media, the access to technology. We, oh, we, I, I wanted to ask you on that. Oh, I mean, you have to really guide them. Like we had... Um, you know, our kids watch some really nerdy TV, but they learned the Bible that way, right? And but, they, and, but it is like a rest, like with Sam, I see it like he's, they're so native to this phone. Like if I say it once, I say it a million times, like no more phone. Mm -hmm. and, and then I'm like, I give up. I'm not going to tell him anymore. Like well, how do you enforce it, it? Well, it's, you, it's hard. It takes something. So again, you have to be really consistent. Even now hearing for me, having the older kids and the younger kids, the younger kid and the older kids, like they'll tell me you need to have guidelines yeah, for him it is more funny. than you even had for us, which I mean, that's it's what ironic. my older boys are telling me and it's sobering. And so you can talk to them. It's what you listen to. The problem is as parents, they have to see our love for the Lord mm -hmm. growing. There's nothing to replace that. So single, married, school, not school. That's not the point. Right. You, depending on the Lord, Loving the word of God in your life, that's the overflow of that is what's going to get to your children. And they will see the genuine love for God and the power of God at work. And that's what ultimately moves hearts is the right. power of God and the word of God. And so 
um, by definitely restricting um, and conversing and connecting and listening to them um, and loving them. You know, kids are not looking for a set of rules. Right. You, you have to have, so there's that fine, you know, like all it, the more and enough, enough rules, more rules. You got to find that balance more and enough. It's not always more rules, especially when kids start to rebel. We start to put more and more and more rules. Usually that's a sign that there's an area that needs to be leaned in Do you upon. think that rebellion, like when you see those, the kids who grew up in homes and I mean, in a way, like I, we're not, I mean, one gift that you and I have, we're realists and we're very pragmatic and like, like the way we appreciate that, like your kids are walking with the Lord and love the Lord. But the reality is like, we're very much aware that it could have gone or could still go. The, mm -hmm. Like it's the reality is people make decisions for themselves and you pour into them. But like, does it happen? Do you think rebellion happens gradually or do you think it happens suddenly? Like how can a parent protect it? I mean, that would, I think it's a blessing I'm not a parent because I don't know if I can handle the stress. Like how do you make sure you don't wake up one day and, and you're, well, I mean, now we can, I mean, forget even like, oh, they're out partying. I mean, whatever we grew up with now, it's like, like the, so many Christians are struggling in their own homes with kids who have sexual identity issues, who like all this big stuff mm -hmm. where you're like, when did that happen? What happens? Well, I think it's both and, you know, gradual and sudden. And it's like, again, they start to explore and it's partially that age. They hit the 11, 12 and into 14, 15. Those are really tough times. So one thing that I found, there's so much about parenting kids at one, two, three, four, five, and then like seven, eight are easier because they like you. And then you wake up one day and nobody, I was a really good camp counselor for teenagers, but when my boys hit teenage ed, they did not like me and I heard the first time, I hate you. I did not think I would be the parent that would hear the words, I hate you. And I remember being devastated because I also, had to wrestle through, I can do everything right, they have to choose. And it's not about me doing everything right, because I don't do everything right and I never will. So growing up in the environment that was very focused on doing, 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 God had to really um, turn that around for me. And so the rebellion, a lot of times, is just a resistance to something they're not connecting with. So we gotta lean in and talk and listen and pray total pray about, through those but um that's why you set your alarm at 3 20 yes p.m <laughs> <laughs> but um, you do get up she does get up early and fair and by the way you were working full-time when you were homeschooling i mean it's, yes it's I've worked, crazy. i mean yeah and that's just again my that's journey you, is right? unusual that is you know we're lena and i are both we have a big capacity and right. that's just how god has wired us and sometimes we need to limit our capacity right. but that's um, our challenge. So, so like, like practical things. What do you, how do you, how do you stop? This is, I have a friend who has a lot of kids and a lot of people ask her that. Um, how do you stop the bickering between siblings? Because like sometimes even when I'm over at Christmas or whatever, like, ah, what did I do? Stop fighting! Well, I just learned from my middle son that the bickering was very helpful to their relationship. Oh. So, and he told me that I should just help him become they wrestle a lot too. It, it helped him become who he is his older brother and him bickering and so oh, you know there's some insightful. of that yeah it was insightful and some of it is is normal right we all know but it's the hardest part is we're so stressed as parents so the bickering makes yeah. us our our margins we're living in a time our margins are so limited yeah. narrow that the bickering we, we just react so then it's not just them bickering but it's everybody, everybody. yelling and so that bickering is, you know, for me, they were together a lot, the older two. That's how they learned to connect with each other and with people, right? They're best was, friends. I mean, they really are very, very close. They're really, they, like, close They're going to be now. playing on the same football team, which I never would have thought. I mean, they were used to, 
I mean, it's not that they, I always they thought they were close because they were the only kids in their school. They were homeschooled, but like they were like different as night and day, and they were bickered all the time. And now they're inseparable. Right. Sports was good for them too. In fairness, That's, yeah, for sure. Playing football and um, being part of a team. And, yeah. You know the like I said though the biggest tidbit is the Bible speaks to every issue of parenting. There are resources, there are books. Um, I had books that would say like the, the heart issue and the Bible verse and how to speak it. And I would, it was alphabetical, you know. I mean, just to give people like, we could put in the, in the notes, but like, you know, Paul Tripp and, and... Lou Priolo has a book and the one that's the biblical, like literally those books were in my stack. And oh, I would... I didn't know you were reading them so much. I thought oh, you just were yeah. like naturally a good parent. Well, the one about, I always wanted to associate a Bible verse with the behavior that was at oh. hand. So I would look the verse and type, you know, because you have to make it relevant. So they have to understand. I mean, one observation. So, I mean, you might also speak to the singles because like, like singles are listening to this episode, maybe out of curiosity because I'm single, but like, like, do they like, do, like maybe give a shout out to the singles. They should like invest in kids and such. Oh, I'm trying to take some credit here. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, actually, I mean, it's not a joke, but I mean, part of the journey that my kids were on were listening to Lena and I's conversations, so passionate about God and the fulfilling the work of the um, mission, and um, you know, all the stuff that we talked about was about the kingdom, the yeah. God's mission. So they saw the passion, and Lena. And again, I'll tell you this truthfully, both of us have changed and grown in our faith and our walk. We are, I am one of the most but selfish I've wrestled, people. But I've wrestled publicly. With, yeah, but you're, not you're with my belief God, God work yes, your, more like your character. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like I've wrestled, meaning, I mean, I'm not afraid to talk about my disappointments. Correct. But what I'm saying is you're oh. not a, you're quick to say sorry. Yeah. So they saw the real faith lived out, right? Like they saw us be nasty but then repent. They mm -hmm. saw those, those living the life, and I'm not, I'm not you know, boasting or anything, but that's how we live, right? We wanna honor God. And so not perfectly, but when we could, we would try to apply scripture. So again, kids wanna see you live out the faith and live out um, what you're teaching them. So if you want them to say sorry, we need to say sorry. If you want yeah. them to uh, be loving and yield their rights, we have to yield our rights. And even, you know, recently with our society changing so much, you know, with COVID and all the intolerances that kind of came up, we had to change, right? Our kids, they play off of you. Yeah. We are the example. Even as older kids, they still do. And so, um, but singles are huge. I mean, my kids have so many, most of my friends are single, right? Like, cause I, I don't right. have a lot of married. I never fit the stay at home mom, homeschooling profile. I didn't connect with, you know, I, I kind of am a random fit. And I so- I was your only friend. Well, you and Irina yeah, yeah, no, and Irina is very close to the ki my kids and other people like that who have invested in them. But Lena has invested a lot, obviously. And um, yeah, the more people they see that love the Lord and speak the word of God. I mean, Lena speaks the word over them. They hear her. I mean, Sam wants to be a preacher. I mean, he, I mean, he, yeah, he plagiarizes he doesn't get, books. He does, he does. He even named his church after our ministry. And his new book is Faith Fractured. Right, and he thinks he... Not Fractured oh, Faith. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know that. It is funny. That but, just came out yesterday. I didn't know that. But it is funny to watch them. I mean, one thing I was going to think about, you know, one of the questions I had for you, which 
well, that might come up down the road too, but I think it is, uh, and it will, you know, uh, I, by the way, you guys know I like to keep the podcast short, but I, I do think it's worth to cover a couple of other simple things here. And some of you might have questions about this topic. I don't mind us doing a follow-up parenting talk because I really think this is gold. Really, it's so important to address some of these things. One, I want to go back to like social, like phones. When, when, like everybody always wants to know, when should a kid get a cell phone? Is there a hard, fast rule? Like what, what is it? What are you being taught now as a parent? Um, you know, that's, again, having two older kids versus a third that is 10 years later, and the times change. So first time around with my older kids, I would have set an age. Now I would teach principals more mm. and teach him how to manage a phone with more restrictions, right? And so meaning, you know, he needs a phone to text me. I still don't think I would do one before 11 or 12, personally. Um, some people say that's still too young. I, you don't want them to feel so deprived that it's the forbidden thing. Right. It's part of our culture. And so with my older kids, I was very, you know, picky about 13 or 14. And it's not, you know, and, and there's so much with the phones, like whether you, if you're a single mom, it might look differently. But if you're married, like my husband and I had different bound, you know, rules about it. So we had to come together and you have to unite, but you have to teach them how to, um, manage it but remember they cannot manage it so you have mm. to really restrict it but i do not to be honest even as i said 11 i mean i don't see a need to the later you can delay it the better right um those phones are really um a negative uh, influence and i always tell my kids this is not from a christian worldview the secular worldview the inventors of the right. phones aren't giving phones to their kids because they know the damaging effects to the brain. And for me, it was more, I wanted them to be able to think, not just look at a screen. So I have been like, you know, in my nephews and nieces, like I am the police. I hate video games. I don't like phones. <laughs> I mean, to the point, like I'm, it's not, you know, like you could say I'm extreme. I am, but again, I have kids who have been able to manage video games and phones pretty well. And so I'm grateful, but again, it, it's, it's a fine line. So, right. You know, there's a few things I want. I think we're going to probably have to do a follow-up parenting talk. I think we're going to end here because I do want to get into it. And I think it's going to be too big a, a topic to, to, to continue in this podcast. So you guys are going to want to come back for the second parenting talk. Uh, but I want to talk about, uh, and I'm going to just what your appetite for some of the things. How, like, the church, I wrote a book about fractured faith. We had a huge church transition. And so how do you navigate your kids and the local church in an era now where everyone's deconstructed, everybody's talking about, um, you know, they're not into the local church, they're all about faith in Jesus, but not the local church. And 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 I see like your kids, like Mike, especially who went for college and he's still going to local church. He, he looks for the church like, and he is committed to the local church. So I want us next time to address that. I also want us to talk a little bit about teach, a little bit about sexuality in the teenage. So I'm going to prep you, Diana, because I think those are important topics is how do you, the tension of like, how do you guard? We talked about the phone, but then how do you teach them what, how to guard that all thing? And, and then also, you know, teaching your kids how to interface with the cultural topics that are so hot now. Like adults can barely know how to delineate their thoughts. How do you teach them to make opinions that are biblical on deep, deep and hard topics, whether it's, again, I go back to sexual identity, which is big in those years. And of course, uh, besides that, the um, uh, a lot of the racial and wars, and how do you talk about these things that now kids can see, kids meaning under 18 now are privy to because they have phones. So I want us to come back and talk about that because I think this is so important for today. I think this has been important uh, to just lay the ground. Maybe we'll have more than a couple podcasts on parenting. I, I just find that if we can raise a generation of young men and women who are passionate about Jesus and his 
his word. That's it. That's it. That's really it. That has not changed. You go back to, you know, even before, I was going to say the, the, the days of Jesus, but really even before Abraham, and you look at his son, Isaac, he taught him, he took him up that mountain. He wrapped him up to put him on the altar. Isaac had a visual of what it meant to give everything to God. And I think that same image, then you go all the way, you know, to the days of Jesus and then post now. And, well, and I think that's what we need to teach. Well, even my youngest is Samuel, and Samuel heard God at eight. Right. And Josiah right. was eight. Right. And right. they are, you know, we look at our kids at eight and we think they're so little. And yet that is we can't, the age. We, we, we can't even convince churches to baptize kids at eight. That's I mean, sad. I, yes, it's, it's sad, sad, but it's but true. true. And I understand that. I'm not Correct. just saying like. We're not here to discuss that issue. But the point is, they are, we've got to raise kids who love the Lord. And that has to start with parents who love not the Lord. Not perfect kids. No, 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 no. Yeah. Far, that's a really good point. Not perfect at all. Yeah. Um, but, but. Um, Grounded. Fearing God and loving and knowing God's word. There's Amen. no other way to raise them. Um, and that's what's missing in our world is there is no fear of God. And there is no knowledge of God's word. That's right. That's right. And that's what changes people. I think Amos said people are dying for lack of, they're starving for, there's a famine for the word of God. And I think that we have a privilege as parents and as single aunts and uncles and friends mm -hmm. to pour into the lives of that generation. So if you've enjoyed this conversation, please email me your questions about parenting. Diana's going to be on for Soul Sisters for this series. Listen, we're going to talk about parenting again. So use dearlena at livingwithpower.org. I can't wait to get your questions. In the meantime, have an awesome day. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Share this podcast with somebody you love. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Bye, guys.